0: You're listening to Carnivore Conversations, a podcast exploring the benefits of keto, carnivore, intermittent feasting, and other lifestyle hacks. Each week, we'll be interviewing a special guest from the keto carnivore community and so much more. This is your host, board certified and practicing physician, Dr. Robert Kiltz. All right, we're recording. Hello to everyone and welcome uh, Dr. Rob Kiltz, Carnivore Conversations with Caitlin Weeks. And I'm really excited to have Caitlin here today, a full-time blogger, author of four cookbooks. Wow, Mediterranean Paleo Cooking, many years in, of experience as a certified nutritional consultant, a holistic lifestyle coach, and professional personal trainer in San Francisco, California. Wow, Caitlin, nice. Uh, has had success uh, success, uh Uh, let's see, conquering obesity after a lifelong struggle with her weight. Since 2009, she's been winning the battle against Hashimoto's thyroiditis using an ancestral template. There's more to say here, but I just want to welcome you and thank you for being here. And maybe you could share a little bit about yourself and how you got to this uh, keto carnivore paleo world.
1: (laughs) Yes. Well, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited. Uh, I I grew up in the South eating, you know, biscuits and and then, you know, later got into like the really low fat movement and was exercising all the time. And I was drinking my Diet Coke, you know, and I was really into yo-yo dieting in high school and then in college. And by about my senior year, I gave up the dieting and I was just like, I'm going to eat whatever I want. And I got up to 240 pounds. So oh. I was pretty depressed. When I graduated, I was like, I graduated, but I don't even want to walk off across the stage, you know? So my, um, when I got back home and I was kind of out of that party lifestyle, I started losing weight with Weight Watchers and it worked, you know, I was so young and I was cutting my calories and I just thought I found the answer and I got to be really thin and I decided to become a personal trainer So I wanted to tell everyone about my, I found the answer, you know, I wanted to help everyone and, you know, say it's easy. You just, you know, count your calories and work out all the time. And, and I was like, I don't see why everyone doesn't do this, you know? And then about, you know, seven or eight years goes by and all of a sudden I can barely get out of bed and it's like my joints are aching so bad I even doing like an eight pound dumbbell was like aching for two weeks, you know, after, and I had just no energy. I had to like hold the wall when I was training people or I had to sit on a bench and it just, it was weird, you know, and even my digestion started going crazy. I couldn't, like I'd never really had any health problems before. And like I couldn't digest anything. Everything was like making me bloated and I was getting rashes. And it it was almost seemed like my body was just turning inside out or something. Wow. And I didn't know what to do. So of course you go to the doctor and they say, oh, you're just, you're getting older now. You know, I was around 30. <laughs> so I was like, you know, just accept this. And they were like, maybe you should try a different birth control pill or, you know, something like that. And I was like, uh. I don't know. This doesn't seem just normal aging, you know? And I just, cause I had to sleep like 18 hours a day. I mean, to even function, I was drinking a whole pot of coffee, like a, like a big pot of coffee before I even could go to work or anything. Every spare moment I was just sleeping. And so um, I had, somebody gave me some tests to run, to ask for, them to be run. And so they were kind of out of the box. It was like from a chiropractor that my mom had seen. And so I got those tests and um, I had a friend that was a naturopathic doctor and she saw the test and she said, you have Hashimoto's (laughs) like immediately. She knew that I needed thyroid medication and that was my whole issue. Like I didn't have low TSH though. I had like a one, like a perfect TSH. But she saw the antibodies and she knew that that was my problem. And she wasn't like super big into diet. So she was just kind of like, oh, just rest and, you know, eat a balanced diet. And I was like, "Okay, whatever. (laughs) And um, but then I started meeting more people. It's funny how you kind of like run into people. And and I was in San Francisco. So a lot of people were talking about gluten free and paleo and stuff like that. And um, I had also experienced before this, I had experimented, experimented with being a vegetarian. So with the low fat, then I kind of added in the vegetarian piece towards the end. And I think that was really the nail in the coffin for my thyroid because I was eating so much soy. I was eating soy like twice a day, you know, all the soy burgers and the fake, and I was making like tofu smoothies. And we just really went overboard with the soy because wow. uh-huh. I'm like a hardcore, like when I do something, I do it all the way. you know. <laughs> and so it was like big mess. And then, um, so I started meeting people that were doing gluten-free and paleo. And I started learning about that. And I decided to go to nutrition school. And um, it, it was a two-year program. About the second year, the first year was really kind of reinforcing the vegetarian thing. And I was like, see, I was doing everything right. And then the second year they started talking about Weston A. Price. And I was like, oh, okay. That's totally different. Like no soy and eating your ancestral diet. And I was like, this makes much more sense to me because I was always starving. I was always like needed a snack in my purse. I had, you know, when, when you're a trainer, you have like a big cooler you take around with you and you have like five little meals in it. And, you know, you're always just like eating egg whites and, you know, it's just like, so I had tried it all. I'd done the five meals a day. I'd done the vegetarian. I'd done, I never was a full vegan. Um, thank goodness, but, uh, it really only took like a year of eating that soy based diet for my thyroid to really crap out on me. And, um, My dad does have Hashimoto's as well, but of course I didn't know that. And because the doctors, you know, they always downplay it, like just take your thyroid medication. So my dad didn't know that he had an autoimmune disease or anything. He never told me, oh, you know, thyroid disease runs in our family or anything like that. I had no idea. So I didn't even know that was like a thing that he took or anything. So, um, you know, it all made more sense later on, but I don't believe Of course, that the genetics is all of it. It's just a a small part of it, you know. Um,
0: So, drive it's, 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 I always say that the DNA is simply Mm -hmm. the predisposition to something. And, and, but the environment is still the issue. But keep going. This is very interesting.
1: So, um, but if I had known that, maybe I could have, you know, researched it or something. But anyway, so I started studying nutrition and learning about Weston A. Price and all that stuff. And I started doing the paleo diet, uh, you know, uh, I was doing that for a long time. And then, and then I realized that I couldn't handle all the sweets and the, the honey and, and the um, sweet potatoes and things like that that are allowed on the paleo diet. But the science of it made a lot of sense to me and um you know that we got shorter and our teeth started falling out then we were eating grains and stuff like that so i i really gravitated towards that and um you know following all those people and i started blogging recipes and and uh then i got more into like the low carb because i realized that was better for me because i'm kind of like a binge eater mm-hmm. and i Ooh. and i can't handle just like one bite of something so i was like okay it's better for me if i just don't have sweets even when I try to eat keto treats, I eat like the whole, you know, the whole recipe rather than just one. And so, um, I was realizing, you know, I was learning a lot about myself. Uh, and then, so I kept doing that. And then, but I had such bad digestion; it was still really bad, even though I was eating low carb and low, like keto. I was still eating a lot of vegetables, like broccoli, cauliflower, or my favorites. I would. I was really good at making like purees and soups and things like that. So, um, I was just eating still a ton of vegetables. I thought, I kind of thought that even though I knew they had carbs, I was kind of like, they're free food, kind of like that Weight Watchers idea of just vegetables are free. So I would just kind of fill up on vegetables. And I was kind of, and even like in keto, they're always saying, limit your protein, limit your meat. And so I was eating like four ounces of meat. Then I would eat this huge amount of vegetables. And then I was still starving. And I was just like, I don't know, I can't lose weight. I don't understand this. And I mean, I did get healthier. All my thyroid numbers got better and better. I did feel better. Mm -hmm. It was the first time I started to feel more like I had balanced blood sugar. Like I could go for four hours without eating. And that was like the first time in my life, you know, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. I was eating more fat I was eating more protein but it was still like not enough you know so when I learned about the carnivore diet I had a friend who was like well I think it could really help your digestion because I was still struggling with all this bloating and and I said well I really don't want to do that (laughs) you know I've already cut out all these foods and by then I was basically eating meat broccoli and chocolate and I was just like dark chocolate and I was like I don't want to cut anything else out you know and um, she was like, well, just give it 30 days and see. And I was like, well, uh, okay. So eventually it took me like three or four months to get started. And then I started and like, I felt so good within like 24 hours that I was like, I wanted, I mean, I, I thought about like, I'm going to keep doing this. Like it's so, I just, all the bloating went away and um, it took a little while for my digestion because it was very slow and it took a while for it to start moving, in a better way. Cause you know, that's part of your detoxification system. And that's really important that you are going, you know, not as much as people who eat like tons of vegetables, but you still need to be going, you know, a couple of times a week. So anyway, I got better and better. My thyroid numbers got better. Um, but, uh, then I, and I lost a lot of weight and then I got pregnant and I had a baby. <laughs> so I gained all the weight back. So I got, I gained like 50 pounds and, um, and then, so the last three years I've just been nursing and trying to sleep and then trying to lose the weight and trying to kind of, you know, when you, when you're not sleeping and I had a C-section, so I had a big surgery and, you know, it's a lot to recover from and then you're still not sleeping. So it just, it feels like you kind of got knocked down you know, you lost a lot of steps in your health, and you just kind of have to rebuild it. So
0: um, I'm, I'm little, really... Go Tell ahead. us a little, a little about, so the grass-fed girl and 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 your focus on carnivore. And I guess you've gone through the Weight Watchers, paleo, uh, keto world, and now what's your focus on food?
1: Oh, well, I mean, it's still carnivore. I mean, I still... I mean, I've been carnivore almost five years now. Um, When I was pregnant, I ate a little bit of fruit, but not much. And um, so I was mostly carnivore the entire time. And, you know, my baby is just super, super healthy. And um, he's the cutest thing you've ever seen. My husband doesn't like me to put pictures online, but he's so, so cute. And he's just like, I mean... He's the healthiest looking baby I've ever seen. I mean, I know I'm biased, but.
0: (laughs) So how young is your baby now?
1: He's three. He's just about three. He has his birthday in a few weeks.
0: And and tell us a little bit about his, his nutrition.
1: I try to really limit sugar and I start, I always start every meal with like eggs or meat. And then, you know, if he wants some fruit, I let him have like berries or raspberries or blueberries or whatever strawberries I always try to get organic berries and eats a lot of yogurt I get my milk from a raw farmer nearby and um, he drinks a lot of that and you know I just try to lead like with protein and fat and then I try if he wants treats and something I just try to limit it or if if like try to have a small amount at one time since I don't want him to have like a big blood sugar spike or meltdown or something, you know? So I just try to limit, or if he, if he has something with sugar, that it also has fat, like say, I will give him vanilla ice cream, for example, rather than like an, a lollipop. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Kiltz's ice cream. Have you tried it? Need to try it. It's <laughs> okay. it, cream and, and eggs and very, very little uh, sugar. At all. So when you, when you were transitioning from the paleo, keto car to the carnival world what were the things that you noticed the most by doing that
1: um I mean really I think the blood sugar was a big one I mean I could go for six hours eight hours without eating I'm not a big fasting person because it just feels like I know maybe I know you're into fasting a lot but um I think because I went through so much dieting and all, it brings up all those feelings of the, and it wouldn't, it always makes me overeat. So I feel like it, any, I didn't always negate any benefits that I would get because I just start feeling like restricted and kind of crazy. So, uh, but I could go, you know, many hours, like without thinking about food, that was like the the freedom there was just really great. And, and the bloating and the digestion piece was really helpful.
0: And did you learn any of this in your nutrition studies or is this all learned in a different way? I went to
1: nutrition school in about 2010 and it was about two years. So it's been a long time ago. Um, But I did learn about Weston A. Price, which did kind of tip off the whole thing of learning about, you know, that some people survived off whatever they had locally so that some people drank just milk and raw blood and, you know, wherever they, they grew up is where they ate, you know, people in Switzerland had, you know, sourdough bread and people, it just depended on where they were, but like, no one was a vegetarian. I really believe in, in all that.
0: Would you say that strictly a meat-based animal-based diet is the healthiest thing that people should do or do you think there's sort of some differences in our physiology?
1: I mean, maybe if, maybe if somebody grew up, you know, on the equator, they might have a different, you know, access to some things, but, you know, now we move around so much that, you know, I mean, maybe we should look up our ancestry and see, you know, and that would give us some clues to what we should eat. Um, you know, I'm from England, Scotland, <laughs> whales, whatever. And, you know, so that, I guess I'm supposed to eat potatoes. (laughs) Um, But so, I mean, I think you can get some clues there. I mean, I think learning, I mean, one of the best things I've learned about in carnivore is that plants are not just benign, like they're not just uh, perfect, you know, and they do have negative side effects. And especially some people are very sensitive to them. And I felt so much better when I cut out broccoli and cauliflower. And, you know, everyone says they're good for dim and, you know, the the estrogen, getting rid of estrogen and stuff. But I don't, I don't know. I never found any benefit. They just ripped up my guts. And, you know, I like the taste, but, and I don't, you know, I don't miss it. When I see it, I'm just like, eh. I don't want that, but I used to think it was the best thing in the world. So I, learning about the plant toxins—I mean, I knew a little bit about like grains and stuff having phytates and lectins—and but then learning about oxalates uh, and stuff like that was just like really eye-opening. And that maybe some people are really hurting themselves with all these green smoothies, and you know that—that's what's in the soy is the goitrogens and, you know, the thyroid disrupting properties of soy.
0: So tell us a little bit about your thyroid issues and, and what are your thoughts on those that are suffering from thyroid problems, maybe the cause and what's the best way to help people heal?
1: Um, I mean, I think it's a, it's a, it's a bunch of things, you know, I think it's kind of like you said, it's, it's, It's kind of laying in wait, I know, in a lot of people and then waiting for that really traumatic event or set of events to uh, present itself. Um, So, you know, I think the most important thing people can do is try to reduce their stress, uh, manage their stress, learn. One of the most important things I learned in this journey is to how to meditate and how to get in that meditative state. I didn't know that before. I just would like always push, push, push. And, you know, and then i would pass out whenever I got too tired, you know. I, but now I, I've learned a lot about the cues for um, the stress. And so learning to manage your stress in a different way, like maybe when you were younger, you just like drink alcohol. But um, I quit drinking alcohol over uh, 17 years ago. So that was a big thing that helped me also. Uh, And I think you just have to start, uh, you have to find the diet that works for you. I do think everybody needs to increase their protein a ton. They need to increase their good fats. They need to stop eating vegetable oil. Um, They need to stop putting toxic crap on their skin. They need to like get rid of all the air fresheners and uh, you know, the toxic laundry detergent and all this stuff I mean that it's like a it's like a bucket and once it fills up, that's your thyroid just it's like a bucket just overflowing and so you have this like toxin load that you can handle and with all these things you're putting on your skin and breathing in all day um, you know and then you're eating processed foods or s- soybean oil and canola oil and it just eventually it's gonna bubble over and you know, you're going to be in the doctor's office wondering what's wrong with you.
0: And and so, do you maybe you talk a little bit about the environment in our homes and the things that we put on our skin—makeup, uh, hair products, uh, deodorants—and um, uh, and also about the cleansing products, the soaps, the detergents, uh, and the cleaning products. What what are your thoughts on those?
1: Um yeah i mean i kind of opened my eyes to all that and uh you just have to find some natural brands that you trust and you know something simple like dr bonner's or something like that is everywhere it's just you want no fragrances in anything so that that's gonna cut out like 90 percent of the crap because almost everything has fragrances so you Mm -hmm. have to start reading just like you would your food um, you have to start looking at the labels. And if it says fragrance, that can be like three thousand different chemicals that they don't have to disclose. And um, you know they they call it a proprietary secret for the company. So um, you just get something simple. You can make your own soaps. If you're into that, you know, people, are you really into beef tallow and stuff like that? Um, I use I've used young living as a lot of good products that they make a lot of natural products. and then also, beauty counter makes a lot of good products that are toxin free. Um, but I mean, if you want to go really simple, just, um, use some beef tallow and, uh, you know, you can go to your farmer's market and probably find somebody making soap or something like that, but just really be careful of the fragrance. Cause it is very difficult to avoid. It isn't everything. And, um, you know, deodorant has got crazy stuff in it. Um, And you know, that's a sensitive area for women where they're shaving. So they're kind of opening up their pores right there. And that's near our lymph nodes. So I mean, especially if you have cancer in your family, uh, which most people do, and most people Mm -hmm. have had cancer or, um, you know, I really believe that skin cancer, for example, is like how your body reacts with the sun. It's not just the sun, you know, so it's like, like my dad, for example, has skin cancer, like all over his nose, but he loves fried food, you know, and he always is eating fried food. And I'm like, dad, you know, stop eating the fried food. Um, you what's know, he fried- frying?
0: What's what's he frying? What's the I oil mean, he fries like with? At
1: restaurants and he loves like fried, you know, seafood or yeah, he's not cooking it himself.
0: <laughs> Got it. Got <laughs> so- yeah. There's so much. Yeah. So what about going out to uh, eat? What What are your thoughts and advice for people that are going out to eat?
1: I mean, I think there's a border, a borderline, you know, you have to think about your mental health as well. Like you can get so into this stuff that you almost want to live in a bubble and you never want to go anywhere. And uh, it's, it becomes a type of like orthorexia. And I, I definitely have kind of suffered from that in this journey because you start learning all this stuff and you're, you know, you're afraid to drink water. You're afraid to breathe air. It's, it can get really, so you have to find a balance and, you know, you have to also, I think we, we learned in, you know, COVID that we can't sacrifice socializing for uh, our mental health, you know, like our mental health suffers, even if we don't like, we're trying to save our lives, but we will die anyway, because if we don't have social so socialization, we're going to be miserable and we'll die of, you know, depression. So, um, I think you have to find that balance and you can't worry about every little thing. Like, like when I go out to eat, I don't worry that maybe they cooked my steak. There was some canola oil on the grill or something. I'm just like, whatever I'm eating out. I don't eat out that much. So I'm going to enjoy this steak and I don't care, you know, but I'm not going to order fried food, you know? I'm going to order the best thing I can find. I'm not going to, and I'm not going to go out to eat every single meal because I know that doesn't make me feel good either. So, um, but I think one thing about freeing about carnivore is just like, just eat meat and don't think about it so much. You know, it's just like, whatever eat. I mean, it was, it was a, I used to eat purely grass fed um, when I was doing paleo and, you know, I've done the, gotten the cows and I've, done all that. Um, and now I kind of shop around everywhere, but the name was just kind of a good name. So I just stuck with it. (laughs) Um, and I think I've also learned, you know, that cows are grass fed a, a good portion of their life anyway. And, um, we can get local meat and you're still, you're still, uh, if the meat is from America, you're still supporting, you know, ranchers and and um, good people like that. So I think that you have to just find a balance with your mental health and with what you can afford. Also, you can't go broke. Um, You know, you're going to pay one way or the other, you know, if you're going to get diabetes or something, you're going to pay with your time or with your health or not being able to work or. um, So, you know, you do have to probably spend a little more than you used to, but I think you have to find a, a little balance and not go crazy with e- trying to be perfect because you'll you'll lose your your good uh, good vibes and everything.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't go too crazy if it's grass fed or grain fed. I mean, all of them are grass fed and then they're they're gra- grain finished or grass finished. I don't think that's the big difference. And I also don't worry too much about if they use a little bit of oil on the on the pan if they're cooking my meat, uh, because 99% of what I eat is fatty meat. And and I'm not getting any significant plant oils in my belief. Uh, What are your thoughts on composition of meat in the sense of how much fat protein we should be focusing on? Or do you think that's really as critical as people say it is?
1: I mean, I, the reason I was drawn to carnivore in the first place was no counting, um, you know, coming from weight watchers where you count every little thing, it was very freeing to me to count. And then even in keto, it's like, you're supposed to worry about your macros all the time. Um, you know, I really don't embrace this 80% fat thing, um, because it just makes me feel like I'm going nuts again, you know? So, I just kinda eat whatever I have and you know I love ribeyes and stuff, but when I am trying to lose weight, uh it, I find it better not to dump fat on my food <laughs> or something. But if I eat a ribeye or if I eat a um a New York strip or uh ground beef, like I like eighty twenty. I don't like ninety ten or you know, I like eighty twenty or I can even eat seventy five twenty five. I mean but I'm not, it's better not to just eat it like that and, or whatever cut it is, I just eat it the way it is, but I try not to add a bunch of stuff to it because like if I'm eating hollandaise or whipped cream or, you know, tons of butter, I, it tends to not help me lose weight, you know?
0: Do you think that adding a little bit of fruit or a small amount of vegetables Ah, uh, to your carnivore meal is is anything significantly harmful?
1: I mean, I've noticed that like i I kind of you know, I don't like everything that Paul Saladino says, but i I do think that picking out the low toxin fruits, and I like to do the low carb low toxin fruits. So like I can eat an avocado here and there. I can eat like a zucchini. I can eat um, olives, for example, cucumbers. I love pickles. You know, if I want those every once in a while, it doesn't hurt me. Um, now, if I start eating cherries and, you know, all these fruits and watermelon, I start losing I start losing it. I can't do that. I can't have one piece of water because I love fruit, love fruit, you know, I just can't stop. You know, I did allow myself that in pregnancy because I was just like, it was summertime, I was super hot. And, you know, but, and I was, you know, like, okay, I can get my vitamin C or whatever, but um, it just, it wasn't something that I can do because I just, I'll, next thing I'm, I'm eating chocolate or cake or, you know, so I have to just stay away from all that stuff. I mean, some people, if they want to play around with it, you know, you have to, you have to know yourself, you know, if you, it's the same thing with me with dairy, like I think I can have a piece of cheese on my burger. And the next thing you know, I'm, uh, you know, eating ricotta out of the <laughs> out of the container, you know, or something is like, and that's my dinner. It's like, okay, this isn't working. That's not, that shouldn't be your dinner, you know? So you have to, you have to know yourself. Like, so it's better for me if I just don't eat dairy at all. Cause it's just so addictive for me. And it just it t- turns on all those pleasure centers of my brain. <laughs>
0: Which is we're meant to have a food addiction because if you didn't, you likely would die when that food was around and you weren't eating it. So, you know, it's, I would say food and sex are driven to do, uh, even though some of it may hurt us because ultimately survival and reproduction is the most important thing and we're kind of dumb and we have to be given some directions to do those things. The, the problem, I wonder what your thoughts are on maybe the, the excess of access to too much too frequently and too much variety is our biggest problem.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, I, you know, I'm always struck. I had a, a massage earlier this week and then the girl is really good. I had her a couple of times and I was like talking about, I just went on a trip to Turkey and I had all this meat and I was telling her which the best meats and stuff. And she was like, I'm a vegan. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm never scheduling with you again. Like mental. No. But, um, okay. I forgot the question. Well, But, but
0: ultimately if you talk to a vegan, yeah. you have an opportunity to change her life. So those are the people you actually want to be exposed to so you can change them uh, A little bit about the idea that the problem may be the the excess oh, the amounts of food and frequent of uh, uh, variety and those sort of things.
1: You no, know, it got me thinking like if you didn't have the the access, the trucking, the refrigeration, vegan diet would not be possible. That was my point. And I mean, I was going to say that to her, but I also didn't want to ruin my massage. I was just like, I'll get back to you next time. You know, I'll tell you um, next time. She also told me like, for me, it was the meat because I got rashes and hives and things. And it was like, that's the same thing that was happening to me. But that's more of a leaky gut rather than the meat. But it's like, it's right away people go, it's got to be the meat. And it's like, it wasn't the meat. It was all this other stuff. stuff, all the tofu and all, and as soon as my gut healed, I stopped, I stopped having rashes and stuff.
0: You we're, know? we're, we're very biased. We hear a story and we go, and then, and then we get sick and it's like, well, I ate meat. It must've been the meat, but you didn't think about all the other things that you ate. And a, a leaky gut is really one of the biggest, uh, culprits early on. But then, why some people get sick from one thing, another, another? That's back to that that uh, genetic predisposition and part of the, the 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 unknown to this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's just the media saying so many times, "It's meat, it's meat, it's meat," and then people just go to it. But it doesn't make sense when. That was like the only thing we ate for millions of years. And the only reason we're still here, it just it doesn't make any sense. If, you, if, you, if you're a logical person, I don't see how you could think that.
0: We, we got here because we ate the grass eaters, not the grass. And we were different than any other carnivore because we knew how to make weapons, hunt like a, like a lion and a wolf in a pack. And that was the game changer that brought us to the position we are today. Simple as that. Tell me a little bit about your your exercise routine and and are you still um, teaching and and coaching in those areas?
1: No, I uh, when I moved I moved back to Tennessee about seven years ago and I quit personal training uh, and I just do my Instagram and my blog and I I, ju- I just am a more of a virtual person. <laughs> not really talking
0: to anyone. Do, do you think, so maybe talk a little bit about exercise. Cause I know for me, I used to exercise a lot and I did it for leanness and strength. I was weight watchers. I was Atkins cause I had to do all those things, but I still suffered for years with bowel bleeding, arthritis, psoriasis, migraines, depression, anxiety. And yet I looked and felt healthy and it wasn't until I went through the Atkins Weight Watchers Paleo Keto and finally find Carnivore. But for 10 years, I didn't exercise and I didn't feel weak. I didn't get I didn't lose muscle mass. I felt great for years. I for the last couple of years, I do light weights and a little bit of bike riding and things like that, but I don't do anything excessive and I feel great. What, what are your thoughts on how important exercise is? Or is it really the nutrition that probably matters, and the mindset? Because you mentioned meditation. What are your thoughts on those ideas?
1: I mean, I it totally changed. Like, I used to exercise, and I was obsessed with calories. And you know, you know, on the old machines, I'm sure it still does have how many calories you burned in this session. And but I I don't have. I have a step tracker, but I don't have any of those. HRVs or any of that stuff or a ring. I don't use any of that. Um, but it totally shifted because once, once I got Hashimoto's, you can't, you cannot exercise. You, you don't have the energy to exercise at first anyway, until you figure out what's wrong with you and you get on thyroid medication and everything. (laughs) So the, for the first couple of months, I just started walking because I had been such an extreme exerciser. I was running half marathons. This is when I was eating all the, the plant-based diet. And um, so I just had to shift all that and start walking around my neighborhood and just really slow my whole life down. And I had to change, like I cut all my morning, my early morning and I started sleeping until I just woke up naturally. And that changed a, a lot of the the symptoms I had that helped a lot. Um, so I had to change my whole view of exercise. And then now I, I don't do any cardio. I, I love walking. I still walk every day. I have a nice neighborhood for walking. And my mom is like 73. She walks with me every day (laughs) and we push the baby in the stroller and stuff. Um, and I go to the gym and I do like now like 15, 20 minute workouts, just, Uh, Sometimes just like planks and stuff like that or kettlebells or um, just the large, uh, large sets of muscles. So like I'll do a hack squat or something like that, but really quickly, like 20, 30 minutes max, um, because I just want to get in and get out of there. And um, and it's a whole, whole different goal. It's just to feel good. It's not to lose weight. It's like I completely disconnected those two ideas because I've seen so much more benefit from an anti-inflammatory diet than anything I ever did in the gym. And, you know, when you worked out so much that you made yourself sick, cause that was part of it that then you're to kind of like, you just, you just cut it off. You're just like, so now I just have a totally different view of it. And I think everyone should, you know, reassess their mindset because nutrition is much more powerful and because your hormones, you have to get your hormones in, in order. Um, and that is going to happen by doing weight training, controlling your blood sugar, getting out the toxins, (laughs) reducing your stress. And then things will start to, you might, then you'll start to lose weight in a natural way, not like calorie counting.
0: Well I always tell people that skinny is never anything any animal wants to be because food is scarce and hard to obtain. And so fat is where you want to be in 99.9% of animals. So I just wonder if our education of and our biases are really the driver to our ill health. You know everyone's trying to do something to be skinny when ultimately it's not working. We're getting fatter, but fat is not the cause of disease. Plants are. And I always say plants and protein are the two causes of disease. Fat causes absolutely no disease. And no one eats fat. Now, the carnivore world is is sort of focused on that, but I still think a lot of people do not eat much fat.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can definitely screw up a carnivore diet big time. by, I mean, one of my my, one of my family members was telling me, oh, I tried carnivore. And I said, okay, well, what did you eat? And they were like, I ate the fat free, you know, the nuggets at Chick, Chick Chick-fil-A like three times in one day. And I felt horrible. And I quit the next day. And it's like, those are just white chicken. You know, it's just like, that's so gross. Anyway, it has all these chemicals. And I was like, that's totally the wrong way to do it. You know, you, you have to have fat in the mix or else you're going to feel horrible. Uh,
0: what are your thoughts on organ meats, uh, glandulars and um, I, I love bone broth and bone marrow.
1: I mean, I took, I took the organ supplements when I was pregnant. I like, I actually like liver. Um, my husband's from a different country and they eat liver all the time. And so he taught me how to cook it and it tastes really good. Like you, just kind of marinate it in vinegar, cumin, paprika, garlic. And um, it's really good if you grill it and it's fresh. I think one of the problems is people eat liver that's been sitting around for three weeks or something and in a freezer. And it's really bad. If you get it right off that cow or that chicken or whatever, it's really good. It doesn't have that metally, you know, old taste. And so I think people just aren't getting the right thing. And I like it, but it doesn't, it isn't something I want to eat every day. I'm maybe eat it once a month, but when I was pregnant, I did take it. I took the the supplements in from grass from New Zealand and they were, I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, I didn't want to have a folate deficiency, you know, issue. So I took also folate in a, in the, uh, the folate, not the folic acid. So I took the folate, just in case I just, you know, when you're having a baby, you're just like, you don't want to take any chances. And so I, I did that, those two things. Um, and I knew I was getting plenty from egg yolks. I was eating lots of eggs and, um, I was eating seafood and a a mix of things. So I wasn't just only eating red meat, uh, by itself. So I think, you know, if you're especially if you're a woman or you're gonna conceive or something, you know, check all your boxes and just in case. Um but I don't think you have to eat liver, especially if you're not trying to have a baby or something. So um, but you know, it can't hurt to have a little bit. I don't think you need to eat it every single day or anything like that.
0: But eating it's 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 not gonna hurt you and small amounts are gonna help you. That, that's that's yeah. I, I think, you know, is it required? Uh, that's an argument I don't think we've settled on yet, but I think that uh, my bet is real carnivores probably historically, and we probably evolved eating the organ meats and eating the the brain and eating the uh, fat yeah. uh, as much as anything.
1: Um, yeah. My husband's family, they kill the animal in the, and they eat the whole thing in the, in the kitchen and, they like make the, the brain with the scrambled eggs. And so, I mean, I've had it all. And um, so, you know, people who grew up without a ton of food available, like they will eat the whole animal. And so, I mean, I think there's a lot of wisdom there. And I mean, I love bone broth and I love bone marrow and all that stuff. And I mean, I learned all that stuff when I started paleo. So it wasn't a foreign concept to me, to go into carnivore and be like, "What you have to eat liver. I mean, I, do, I, I don't think you need to eat it all the time, but you know, give it a try. have an open mind.
0: Where, what are your thoughts now when you look back at, uh, the, uh, Mediterranean paleo nutritional advice we've been given?
1: I mean, I think it's a lot better than, uh, The standard Standard American diet. And, you know, um, I mean, my husband's from Mediterranean country. So he's from North Africa. And, you know, I think what his mother, for example, she grew up in the country and she grew up on the farm and she was eating the the whole animal. She was eating she didn't eat vegetable oil till she was much older. You know, she was eating the lamb fat and the tail and everything like um, she's eighty-five and she's still kicking, you know, so um I think there's definitely some just some great information that we can learn from traditional cultures and we should apply it in our everyday life.
0: <laughs> Does she exercise?
1: No, um, not really. She's she's not super healthy, but she is still alive. <laughs> so she's she's and her, her brain is still you know, really good. Um, she's she's not as active as she would like, but um, she had nine kids, and wow. so she, she's pretty good.
0: My my sense is that the nutrition around the globe is really mimicking what we eat today, all exactly. over. Exactly.
1: Yeah. They, and so
0: there's access vegetables. to lots of plants and and oils, plant oils, uh, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, many fast foods and and sodas and things like that uh you know it's just getting getting everywhere Uh, maybe you tell us a little bit about your meditation experience and and practices and what type of things can you share that would be helpful for those that are listening
1: i mean i think what i found about meditation is that people overthink it you know the same way they do carnivore probably like it has to be grass-fed from you know angels, widows or something. (laughs) Um, So I think a guided, doing a guided meditation is a really good way to start because sometimes your brain is so full of information and everything. So just put your phone like on airplane mode and download a guided meditation. And uh, you can start with that because it's, it's so hard for some people to just get quiet and and then, you know, they get a lot of anxiety when you tell them to, to sit still, you know, like my mom is, has a lot of anxiety and just telling her to sit still, she like goes crazy, you know? So, um, and you can even do a walking meditation. I took a Paul Check course a long time ago and he's, he talked about walking meditation. You can just leave your phone at home and just go for a walk. Like it's super boring. Like you, but you're, you, you go into a different place by the end of it you're like oh you know I'm noticing the birds and the things you're not just like staring at your phone like where's another notification you know um so if you want to start with walking without your phone or walking without people just noticing the the sky or um but I like to do a guided meditation I can do it without now but that's how I got started and then uh
0: how often do you do it uh, any particular day or uh, time of day?
1: Um, In the after mid afternoon is my time and just 10 minutes, you know, don't overthink it. It does not have to be 30 minutes or, you know, 10 minutes you can, you can do it, but it takes practice. You can't just do it once and be like, well, that sucked. And that's it. And I give up, you know, you have to do it enough times to where uh, you feel almost like you sunk I like to lay down. I don't. I, I don't think there's any rules, and, and that's the thing. People overthink it. So there's no yeah. rules, and if you're thinking too much, you're gonna, you're gonna stress out, and that's not the point. So I like to lay down. I move all my pillows and all my covers and stuff, and just lay down. And then by the end of it, I feel like I sunk down into the bed, and but I don't fall asleep. I know some people fall asleep. Um, sometimes I'm calm enough at the end. I can take a nap. <laughs> Um, but it's just, it's just a way, like if you don't have time to take a nap, it's a great way to calm down or Mm -hmm. just, and you'll, you'll find that maybe afterwards you have a great idea or you have some, you want to have like a pen and paper nearby because when you wake up, you, or when you come out of it, you might have a great idea or find, you know, clarity about something. So, um, but yeah, just don't make it this big thing. Like you don't have to go buy an ashram and, you know, just don't make it a big deal. I think then just, just try it. And, uh, you know, and other people do it a different way. Like my husband prays several times a day and that's a different way, but you can see, he goes right into it because it's such a practice for him. Habit so it's whatever habit. you, uh, however you want to do it, but it's just getting into that kind of Zen place.
0: Yeah. I think that's important to find that Zen, I think prayer, meditation, take the moments to just, um, I, I like guided or directed because uh, clearing the mind isn't easy, uh, but if you give it a direction to go, then it's more beautiful. And, and even as you mentioned, going for a walk or la- in nature, where you may just kind of begin to contemplate the birds and the bees that you're following, they're right around you. And, uh, you know, that's, that's something really important, I think for all of us, um, weight loss, any, any thoughts on, you mentioned something, you don't even think about it very much. Is it, you think it's something we should begin to let go of being focused on?
1: I mean, I think it's, a it's, I think if you focus on the other things that we've talked about, you will probably lose weight naturally. Um, But I think it's, you can't just say I give up, you know, which I think is the, the message in the mainstream now is just like, accept yourself the way you are and you're good. And, yeah, you need to love yourself because you're never going to get healthy if you don't love yourself. You have to love yourself through it. You have to love yourself the way you are now, enough to go buy the good food and do the exercise or do the the meditation and get rid of your toxic products and even, you know, change your life. Like I had, I moved to San Francisco to change my life and it did. And I met amazing people and I became a personal trainer, and all this. I mean, you have to make a bold step sometimes to take care of yourself and do something new. And um,
0: so, whatever your goal is, go for it. Yeah, but really, goals are to go for, and dreams are the things that come true when you focus on them in an amazing way. So, if it is uh, leaning up and 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 losing that stubborn weight and 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 feeling healthier than, than the carnivore way, would you say it's the very best way?
1: I mean, for me, because of my tendencies with, um, just overeating and knowing, you know, learning about my lack of moderation (laughs) and, you know, I always thought I had some kind of personality defect or something because I couldn't eat a granola bar like everybody else and have one bite or one bar and say, okay, I'm done. Like, I thought people were actually eating that, but I didn't. When I started training people, I realized that actually, they're eating like a diet, like a rabbit during the day. And then at night, when they get home it, in behind closed doors, they're just eating every single thing because they're so starving because they've been dieting in front of everyone all day. Um, you know, that's what most women do. And then they wonder why they can't lose weight, you know? So yeah, I think you, you have to, for me, carnivore is the best thing. Um, I think everyone can benefit from drastically increasing their meat and, uh, you know, eating the fat on the meat and, um you know then they're going to be full and they're not going to think about all these other things that are possibly to eat you know because they're going to be so full they won't even think about it
0: well i i i simplify the story that fat is what your body wants and you're either going to eat it or it's going to make it because all proteins i should say almost all proteins and almost all plants convert to fat in the liver. And so everyone, I mean, the majority of human beings are getting fat. That's just the nature of it. Look around the globe. And so we're not getting fat because we're eating fat. We're getting fat because we're eating no fat. And so yet when you eat fat and you get satiated, like you said, you're less likely to eat more food. You'll feel better. Your gut will heal. You're thyroid problems will likely go away right your leaky gut will go away your brain will open up you'll be more likely to go for the goals and and do the dream and find the 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 real focus of your life
1: yeah I mean i found that the more eat more meat i eat the I don't gain weight like i can eat i could eat three pounds of meat in one day i don't gain weight it's when i start eating other stuff that i start gaining weight <laughs>
0: Amazing. Amazing. What, what's the most valuable lesson you think you've learned in, in this journey of helping clients um, through all your methods and, and helping yourself?
1: Uh, I think it's just to, you know, just to, just to slow down, I think because we're in such a go, go, go all the time. Type a uh and just being trying to be perfect Mm. and trying to be skinny and trying to do everything. You have to, you have to decide what's really important for you and you have to say, you know what? I don't care what anybody thinks. And I'm going to just take care of me. And, you know, I think having thyroid disease, you know, taught me that. And I, I, like now I'm, you know, I'm older and I'm just like, you know, F you, if you if you don't like my meat based diet, you know, or if you don't like that, you know, I'm weird and I'm just accepted and I'm just, I'm me and take it or leave it. You know, I think that's, um, and I, you know, I don't go a mile a minute. I don't like busy schedules. I don't like, I like slow, you know, so I think, um, you know, learning that has helped my thyroid. And, you know, now my Hashimoto's is in remission. I have 23 in my antibodies. So I used to have 600. So I think that what I've done is help myself a lot. And, mm. you know, I'm continuing to get better and better.
0: Cool. 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 Anything that um, maybe I haven't asked that you think uh, you'd like to share is important or you wanted to ask me?
1: Well, um, you know, I want to have you on my YouTube channel sometimes. Is it? Yes. Too.
0: I would love to. It's already a okay. uh, yes. I look okay. forward to it.
1: And, um, but yeah, I mean, I think you've asked me a lot of stuff that I have a carnivore ebook that I wrote. It's 182 pages. So it's carnivore30.info. And it has all the to do the how to's and why's and uh, meal plans, shopping lists, all that stuff. So it's how I do carnivore and how can, I think that the easiest way it? to at where carnivore30.info.
0: And and uh, what's your Instagram, YouTube channels, and uh, website?
1: It's my um, website is grassfedgirl.com and my Instagram is grassfedgirl at you know at grassfedgirl And my YouTube is Caitlin Weeks. I don't know why it's not the same, but um, and we're gonna put it if you search if you search Grassfed Grill, you'll find you'll find me on YouTube. And I have a lot of interviews and videos. I've been making videos for like five years on YouTube. So there's like Carnivore 101 playlists for people.
0: And what age do you think carnivore is not healthy?
1: I mean, I don't think that you can be unhealthy eating the food that we're meant to eat. Um, You know, I think in our society, it'd be difficult to eat 100% carnivore all your life. Um, You know, if you're a kid, it's challenging. And people might say that your parents are abusing you or something. Um, And when you're old, you might be in some kind of facility or something and not be able to do it, but I don't think it can hurt you at any, I think it can only help you to be carnivore uh, and to eat as much meat as possible and, and animal foods.
0: Any thoughts on minerals, salts, those sort of things. And do do you, do you focus on any particular salts or minerals to add to your nutrition?
1: Um, Well, I have tried to go without electrolytes and I cannot I get horrible cramps in my like the bridge of my foot and also my ribs like a charley horse in my ribs especially I've been nursing for three years so I get really dehydrated also from from that but even before but you know with nursing it's it's worse so if I get that charley horse in my ribs I'm like oh I need my electrolytes. So I don't understand when people say they don't need it because I cannot go without it. Uh, so if I just drink water all day, I will get all messed up. (laughs) Like I have to put salt in my water. I like the Redmond salt or I put the relight in my water. And, um, so that was good one for me. That's the... It's underground salt caves from Utah.
0: Yeah. I use Redmond's, a mixture of Redmond's and Maldon Salt, but I just love Gerald Steiner. I love mineral waters. And I oh, think I, that, that that's that's good. That's oh, good.
1: I love I love uh all mineral waters too. Um, but I just can't I just have to have both. I mean, I love I mean, I love all bubbly waters.
0: <laughs> which which I think is sort of that uh, you know, it takes the place maybe of the, the fizzy sodas we used to drink. And maybe it, yeah. it sort of gives us something that we're, we're missing from our childhood.
1: Especially. Uh, yeah. Especially when you used to drink Diet Coke all
0: the time. Oh yeah. I used to drink Coke. It was my favorite Coke and Doritos and salsa. That was like, uh, and, and Cracker barrel cheese. That was like my number one, but I I just put down a six pack of Coca-Cola and, when I was in my teens and early twenties, I didn't notice any, I mean, I didn't really notice it, but I had gastric problems, but and migraines, but you know, those were just like, you took Rolades or you took et cetera. And you didn't think of that as a link between what you're putting in your body. It's like, well, I've had it all my life. So it's just who I am and life. And I went into medicine thinking that, um, you know, we're just diagnosing the DNA diseases and uh, that not recognizing we're, we're dying because of our, our um, sad diets. So, Well, Caitlin, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here today. And uh, we're going to make sure that people get a, a link to uh, grassfedgirl.com uh, and uh, Caitlin Weeks uh, also. And uh, we have, it's really a pleasure. I look forward to uh, spending some time on your channel and sharing stories.
1: That's great. I can't wait. Thanks
0: again. All right. Thank you so much. God bless. Have an awesome day. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Carnivore Conversations hosted by me, Dr. Robert Kiltz. And don't forget to review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening today. Check out drkiltz.com for more and subscribe to our Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Facebook for more inspiring content every day.